Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. I'm your host, Francie, and today I'm joined again by Jordan, who I just love having on the podcast. So thanks for being here. Always a pleasure. How's it going, Francie? Pretty well. Um, you know, I've had an eventful past couple of days, a bit of a road trip, a bit of flying. Um, how, how have you been doing? I know you've been on the road. Also road tripping, not so much flying, but definitely road tripping. So I think we've both been that EV road trip mentality lately, and I'm extremely intrigued to hear about yours. Yeah. I'm also happy to tell you in person. I feel like it's really fun to do the podcast. Yes. hundred percent. Sitting in the same room together rather than, although it's, it's totally fine to do it virtually. It's just, you know, you bring your energy and I love it. Exactly. Um, but actually, yeah, speaking of you know, doing things alone or not. I did a road trip alone um, in Kyle's R1T. So that's the Rivian truck um, all the way from Chattanooga, Tennessee up to Cleveland, Ohio. And this actually wasn't my first road trip in the Rivian. About a year ago, Kyle let me borrow it uh, when we kind of first met last year. It, it, was, it was really nice. I said, I'm driving out from Colorado to Denver to, you know, the westernmost part of Nevada on in Reno, Lake Tahoe, uh, area and i was gonna you know just take take a nice ice car and kyle said wait wait a second what if you borrowed that rivian of mine and really got the chance to see what that was like going through you know colorado utah and nevada so that was um really fun and really interesting but of course i want to talk about today's road trip because i've learned a lot since then um but it was you know i think it was really cool to see the infrastructure actually had a really great road trip i'd say and i think partly was because of the infrastructure that was in place also the ev that i was driving and everything and of course i think an ev road trip for someone who's just trying to get from point a to b at this point in time could be really frustrating but for me i see it as more of an experiment an experience and a learning thing that you know when i do feel frustration i'm like this is noted this isn't going to ruin my day but it is noted along the way I'm excited to get into this because uh, one of my worst road trips of my life was also in Kyle's Rivian. So we've each road trip Kyle's Rivian solo. 
we had opposite experiences, <laughs> but I'm not going to paint that as an EV road tripping thing because I actually love EV road trips. Mm -hmm. I love stopping and charging, having a longer break. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm in a gas car, it's like, okay, fuel up, get in, get out, keep going. Yeah. It's just, it's almost like I'm on this like mission thing. Whereas if I'm in an electric car, I feel more refreshed when I get to mm -hmm. my destination because mm -hmm. I was forced to stop, forced to take a break. And I like, you know, maybe it's ADD or whatever. I like working in short, extensive, like intensive bursts. And so if I'm stopping to charge, I'll get out my computer, work, edit, like do whatever. And mm. this is like little spurts of like productivity. Yeah, I think that's definitely like a positive spin on it in a way too. But I, I do think it's true. And I felt that way, especially when I road trip with my dog, which I did when I first took the Rivian which was ideal for him. Like he doesn't want to stay in the car the whole time. So yep. we would go, get out, stretch our legs, you know, get our eyes moving from just staying straight on the road and kind of like take our mind away from just driving straight. So I do really like that on the flip side of it. It's sometimes if you're left waiting, I feel like some of my energy is used during those stops mm -hmm. that could be put towards the drive, especially when I'm low energy, which I was for this trip. So it's kind of like, it, it definitely depends, but I think there is, pros and cons to it for sure longer yeah. stops i think in general it's nicer stop and smell the roses but sometimes you just need to get to where you're going yeah it so sounds that. like in this case you left a little bit later which means you didn't get to where you're going until a little bit later yes yeah, so which was the same as my experience oh, so okay, yeah. yeah curious to hear about yours yeah so um first off to explain like why i was in chattanooga because why why was the rivian in chattanooga anyways so there uh, Kyle, ever since he got the Rivian, wanted to get it wrapped. So he had the white R R1T with the green interior and test bros who are based out of Chattanooga. They mostly wrap Teslas. So they actually decided to say, hey, Kyle, why don't we take the Rivian, give it a go with a unique design, customized design wrap on it. So uh, we dropped it off there when Kyle came through to the southeast three three weeks ago now, maybe when we went out to South Carolina to uh BMW, and then we also went to Mercedes in Atlanta, and then we flew out to the LA Auto Show. So when that happened, it was left in Chattanooga to get wrapped. Me being the Southeasterner of the crew decided, or got assigned to, <laughs> to get the Rivian from Chattanooga and drive it up to Cleveland, Ohio for the Charin event, the Testival, where um, a bunch of hardware companies in the EV space, the charging space, get together and test like interoperability and charging and whatever they have that they're going to basically like put out in public and also like just collaborate in the space. So that's the whole frame of the trip. So getting to Chattanooga, you can check out the wrap video too on the Out of Spec Reviews channel and see like how they did it. And their their business is like pretty huge and growing and multifaceted and G and the team over there are really impressive. So I will state that. So started out in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And from there, I had really great time hitting three EVgo pilot flying J stations in a row. So the first one, first I, I had to start at the Chattanooga airport because they lost my bag. I had to go back before the trip started. So it really did start late. Not only did I go get the Rivian, make the video for the, the, the wrap, but then I had to go back and get my bag from the airport. So I drove about like 84 miles. I wrote down to outside of Knoxville and that's where pilot flying J is headquartered so i went to the one that if you look them up these stations up it, this is the one that you see big pull through station giant canopy clearly ultium that gm ultium charging and pilot flying j branding uh, blue lights just really lit up and easy and i was like oh my god this is the one that i've been seeing online great experience um so it, everything charged right uh i thought the pull through style was great the fact that it was right off the highway and a truck stop was 
the, I think this is going to be something that has to be incorporated into the infrastructure because getting off the highway and having to go into a town that you don't know is just so annoying Mm -hmm. and you don't have to do that when you're gassing up your car. So, um, I hit three of those in a row, which was really great as I went along and it really, I had success each time. So they did change. Not all of them are pulled through. So only the first one I went to was a big pull through canopy station. I think that's because outside of Knoxville, the headquarters, perhaps the other ones were to the side of kind of the truck stop. They weren't pulled through, but they were still well lit and just two chargers at all stations that I saw. So yeah. Yeah, so four stalls. So that's what I was seeing. Have you been to any of those yet? I have not. I kind of want to go. Yeah. Um, seems more intriguing than some of the Electrify America options. Yeah, definitely. And did they all just work? They all worked. Wow. Um, I only had one issue. I know. Well, one issue with the <laughs> card tap or my, I tried to use Apple Pay tap. But once I inserted the my credit card, it worked. Okay. But no like charging session like randomly stopped or anything. Mm. Um, so that was amazing. It was just that one. And I'm, I'm going to reach out to EVgo and let them know exactly which station that was. But yeah, absolutely no issues. Unfortunately, no one was charging with me, so I didn't get to talk to any other uh, folks along the way. But oh. yeah, it was really, really great. So I was pleasantly, not even surprised, I was just like pleasantly experiencing charging at these Pilot Flying J stations. But then I traveled a bit further and it was dark by now and no more EVgo Pilot Flying J stations to be found as I went north. So I went out of Tennessee into Kentucky and then I would travel up through Kentucky into Ohio. But um, I went, yeah, okay, up to an EA station in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I had to... That's two red flags. (laughs) (laughs) And it was dark. And so I was like, oh, I went from the canopies that were all lit up and great to, okay, I'm getting off the highway. I'm getting off the highway by a couple miles or a few miles. Yeah, it's not just right on the highway. Not right off on the highway. And I'm into, I go, it's nighttime now into a shopping center that is all closed Mm -hmm. to an EA station that is not lit whatsoever. Yep. And I was like, okay, great. And I, I did talk to other people, you know, once we got to Charon, they were like, you know, there's ABB, EVgo, Pionex, all these people here that are in the charging industry. And I, I mentioned my experience because I'm a woman driving alone, right? Lighting and safety when you're plugged in and a sitting deck for a while is really important. So I felt that one, it wasn't just inconveniently located off the highway and otherwise it was fine. I mean, the charging speeds are lower than EVgo. So it's like, whatever, 150 instead of 350, but the lighting and the amenities really, I mean, it was a stark contrast going from EVgo yeah. to EA. And yeah. I was just kind of like, man, this is really putting it into perspective and this is not, no one's going to want a road trip if this is how it is. And you and Kyle had just spent time in the Rolls Royce Spectre. Oh, Imagine yeah. that's your charging stop on its route guidance. Uh, like, please go to the sketchy EA yeah. in your $600,000 car. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no way. Okay, I'm never going to road trip this thing. So uh, I think, yeah, just seeing that. Otherwise, the charging session was fine. It was okay. successful. And I wasn't expecting to, like, have a poor experience with EA. Yeah. So, but it was just like, okay. It, it, it points to just me that we have to emulate what already exists, the truck stops, which I think the maybe the charging infrastructure was like, we're not going to be like gas stations. In the They're beginning. trying to reinvent the stupid wheel when they don't need to. When gas stations have been doing this and trial and error to create a relatively... Mm-hmm. Um, perfect system right i mean it's right off the highway in terms of truck stops and and even if it's not perfect like it is annoying that it's it like when you're road tripping through kansas which i've done 40 something times now um <laughs> it's it's obnoxious how most gas stations are just like feeling a bit run down but it's like 
that's kind of the each individual gas station's fault. There's some nice ones too. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're not perfect, but the system is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like it's just there. It's so rare when you have a gas station not work or if it doesn't, they're really good about putting like a bag over the thing yeah. saying it doesn't work. And you're not even pulling up to it. Yeah. Seeing you're seeing that yellow bag. Yeah. Bag. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's, that's just not always the case with, with the, I mean, CCS specifically, but even mm-hmm. actually, believe it or not, yesterday I had a charging issue with a Tesla supercharger. Oh my God. Um, but it was just the, the actual pins for the NAX connector were one of them was broken. Mm. Um, and someone had left it on the ground, oh. which is the sign that, Hey, this doesn't work. But that's the first time I've ever seen that, hmm. which is crazy. Because I've seen uh, charging cables on the ground, but not because they're broken, but because... Wind. Yeah. Or people... Yeah, I think wind. Or, or people, yeah. And as things get cold... So I'll speak to my experience a little bit. So it got colder a little bit more. Uh, I got colder as I went more north and charging. I mean, I'm a relatively short person. And mm-hmm. so I was trying to film some of my charging and I literally couldn't do you're it one-handed. Fil- yeah, you're filming these giant CCS cables yes. with one hand. Yes. And I literally could not. Yeah. I had to put it down. And as it gets colder, <laughs> they get more firm. Yep. So you can't manipulate it as well. So I definitely had some you know, if someone was not was smaller, not as strong, didn't have, you know, the same capabilities as I do, like, you know, my mom yeah. would not be able to do this. Really? I, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. So that was one thing. So charging was overall OK. I did stop. I mean, mostly like 80 miles between stations, which is as I made it from Chattanooga to Cleveland, Ohio, which we were talking about isn't great. But I also was in terms of the Rivian, the Rivian was like, okay, well, you're going to have to charge here if you're going to make it to that destination. So I was one, I was like, can I trust what the Rivian is telling me? That was my first thought was, can I trust this navigation system? Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, lean into it, see if you can. And um, I did, I did, you know, what it told me. And I, it does kind of point to that there's not enough constant consistent infrastructure, of course, which is no surprise that I have to make more frequent stops. Yeah. So what was the mileage in between stops? Mostly as I'm looking at my notes now, 84 miles between the first two stops, then 83, then 118, then 80, and then 86. And then finally 130 from the final EVgo Kroger station that I went to, to the hotel where I got there at a really low, low state of charge and the charger there, the J1778. Is that right? 1772. Yes, exactly. Yep. Um, wasn't working. Gotcha. Yeah. Yikes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so uh, I wonder how much of that is attributing to cold weather because range is drastically affected by cold yes. weather. Mm-hmm. I mean, drastically. Um, there's been recent tests actually came out with like Volkswagen ID4s can suffer as much as 40 something percent range Oof. cut in cold weather. Uh, which feels a bit ironic because me and Tom Malagny went to the factory in Chattanooga and saw their like cold battery testing mm. facility. And we're like, that's so cool. I bet that re- that's some really cool results. Yeah. Um, I guess. But what do they do with their results? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe, yes, it decreases range. Maybe not much. But yeah, it, it was definitely colder along the way. And that's also the charging experience, too. When you get out and it's cold and you have to wait in your car for a long period of time, it's yeah. nicer to have a truck stop to go into. Yep. With and an attendant. And was was your were these charging stops cons- the consecutive stops like that's the challenge is like it, it, you maybe you could have gone further the truck mm-hmm. has a longer range but what are the chances of finding charging stops at the exact increment of the range of your vehicle exactly that's what the problem, the problem was yeah because as the rivian will show you you're at point a you want to go to point b it'll show you along the way where you will run out so then it'll find chargers along the way and say you're going to need to charge here it'll even say you'll need to charge here for 19 minutes yep. based on the information that it has on your state of charge when you're going to get their estimated state of charge and then also the 
the, what the charger apparently there is capable of. And it does have that dynamic data of what's available and what's not. Although with the Electrify America, it didn't show me availability. I would have to go on PlugShare to see if the That's chargers were available. Maddening. So that dynamic data wasn't there for mm -hmm. them, but it was for EVgo. Nice. Yeah. Props to EVgo. Props to EVgo, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't, yeah. Or it does, I mean, I would think that Rivian would try to get that dynamic mm -hmm. data from EA. Um, but yeah, also what I loved about the Rivian, um, I thought it was comfortable. It's, it's a big truck, but it doesn't feel giant and clumsy. Um, it has the highway assist, so it'll drive you down the highway. It'll keep you lane centered. It'll do that adaptive uh, speed and, um, the one thing that I don't like is that when you're passing a semi, it doesn't hug the offset yeah. line enough for me to mm -hmm. be comfortable. That's really my only complaint, though. Otherwise, great sound system. Yeah, Meridian sound drive. system. It's, yeah, it's such a good truck. And I've thought that since day one. And it has great air suspension, like a nice wafty highway ride. And it it just handles super well. It, it's it's a beast on the trails. It's stupid fast. We've done you know a whole video on drag racing Rivian against everything. And the road trips is where I've really seen it shine, even though I had a very frustrating experience overall, like the, and that, that was mostly the, the drive out to Vegas was phenomenal. The mm -hmm. drive back was the real problem. It was the blizzard. And that was the blizzard. So it's not even always all the truck's fault, although literally half the chargers didn't work. And that's not like exaggeration. I, I counted like every single time I stopped, thank goodness, at least one charger at each stop worked, mm -hmm. but like you're stopping, there's four stalls, two of them are broken. Mm -hmm. And the two of them that are there are being hogged by a, in my case, a bolt that was charging to hundred mm -hmm. percent. And so that's just a, a challenging experience. Um, but the road trip ability itself, phenomenal. Yeah, I think it really is. It was, um, you know, it would precondition the battery. It, it would really like, I think they've worked on their software so much and we've oh seen gosh, that. Yeah. And like, even just the visibility of what they'll show you behind the scenes, um, the different settings that you can put into place to be a more efficient driver, which is again, a learning curve that people have to learn of their EV. Like what am, what actually agency do I have on how my car is going to perform in terms of the EV performance? So I think a little like Rivian 101 or EV 101 would be helpful for everyone. Um, but yeah, I would say it's an, it was an overall great good experience i was tired though it was longer than i think a normal road trip with or normal road trip an ice road trip would be and you know that <laughs> that was a bit tough. Normal. this is the new normal <laughs> it will be um for more and more people but it was a, it was a good experience to to see it along that way i wish i could have hit some magic dock stations but mm -hmm. when i looked on the map absolutely none along that yeah. route or anywhere so excited to see more and more of those along the way to try those out to see you know what those will be like um some some of them are you know built along truck stops with that kind of amenity but sometimes they're not yep. so we'll have to see on what that kind of location plays in but just some stats as well this trip was roughly 591 miles what i paid for charging was between 20 and 40 dollars a session depending on how much you know i was getting and then i think that totaled about around 166 dollars from chattanooga to cleveland but it was about 20 minutes on average at each charge 20 to 30 minutes so that checks out yeah yeah so you know i'd love to do us to do like side by side ice ev road trips to compare how long you stop and mm -hmm. like also the experience that comes along the way like if you're running in and out of your car or whatever like sometimes you just go in to grab a snack and use the restroom and then get back in your car or just gas up and go yeah but yeah how long the stops are compared because it is nice to stop and smell the roses i'd love to see a rivian van kitted out for van life uh i'm not particularly a van lifer but you know i live near boulder colorado which is yeah. like one of the van capitals and i could see van that life. van life <laughs> yeah so 
It's fine. Yeah. I I don't know. The the R1S to me, I have been recently intrigued by car camping. Mm -hmm. I tried camping in our R1T okay. and the bed, which don fun fact fits a four by eight tent perfectly, like nice. basically a two person tent. Okay. Um, but I've also slept in the cab. Don't recommend that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did actually nap in the back seat at one stop. But I'm smaller than you. Well, yeah, I was sleeping in the cab with three other guys. What? <laughs> no, okay, never mind. Some people mind. complain about their college dorm experience. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's brave. But I'm glad to hear it was actually a good road trip experience. Yeah. Because you kind of had the time against you. Like you got I in did. late, which would typically mar your experience. Yeah. But sounds like the way getting there was just fine. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm a little bit of an optimist here, but I think what would obviously improve it was better efficiency on the Rivian, um, yeah. like better range, better efficiency in coal, better efficiency on the highway, more chargers in between so that no matter where I wanted to stop, there would be a charger. Just like no matter where you want to stop, there's going to be a gas station. Uh, and... I think in general, that's really it. Me not being as tired would have been cool, but yeah, that's my control. That's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> that's my it's own a personal fault. problem. But I had to get to Charin, <laughs> you know, and had to see some of y'all who are listening in. Thank you so much. Um, who I got to meet and, you know, see y'all and, and see what's going on with the hardware side of things, which is really cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, Cleveland was cool too. So I get to, uh, with road trips, I love it. You get to see parts of the world that you wouldn't otherwise. You get to see sunrises and sunsets and, how the seasons change as you cross state lines. So overall enjoyable, challenging. Yes, yeah. obviously. I think more, you know, every time we take a road trip, that's what it's going to reflect. But over here, I was on a CCS road trip and you were on a Nax road trip. Yep. So, I mean, do you think that we're having drastically different uh, experiences? Uh, sort of. Like on one hand, we're both enjoying the road trip, which is the most important thing, I think. Um, but my road trip is really highlighted there are so many Tesla superchargers mm -hmm. and I'm not even on like huge routes. I mean, mostly big ones, but even like the, the non main highways that I've gone off on, like some of the North South ones, like between St. Louis and Nashville and even out coming out here, it's just like really, I don't know. There's so many chargers and I'm using Kyle's old model three with almost 150,000 miles, a lot of battery degradation. It is almost winter. And I'm still never having to think about charging. Ugh. Like it's just everywhere. And it, yeah. it's it's crazy how many t superchargers I'm skipping. Even on this car with such low range, Ugh. I'm driving past superchargers because I'm like, I don't need that one. Mm. So, and even, you know, getting out to, I, I went from Colorado to uh, Missouri and this can be a whole other podcast on that road trip. But yeah, I, I, there's, there's like almost like two different Tesla routes within the same route. Like I hopped to V3 superchargers. I could have done nothing but V2 superchargers mm -hmm. all on this car. That's, you know, getting me maybe a hundred miles between charges. So that's just how many charging stops there so are. So convenient. That's why I wish there were magic docks along the way, because I probably would have had a lot more options, yeah, right? That's really genuinely. going to open it up for CCS road trips, which is really, really cool. So I think in combination with the magic docks and the pilot flying J, I mean, I, 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 w I want to like, there weren't any flaws with my experience yeah. at EVgo stations there, which I think is really, really cool. So I would love to know more about the, um, 
the firmware that they're using because it's really successful. And I wonder if it is distinct from what is on the EVgo network in general. Yep. And then um, how maybe it'd be cool to know how EVgo is learning about the pilot flying J stations and incorporating that, incorporating that into like their next plans just as the EVgo stations, or if there's going to be other travel centers pairing up with charging companies, whether it's EVgo or whoever. Um, I think just it's a really good model to follow from my brief experience with three in the row and then EA in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. 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 Well, is there anything you would change next time or is it all the things that are kind of outside your control and just hope for a better situation? Mm, no, I think, uh, you know, make sure you, I love to travel with, even if it's just my dog, another mm -hmm. living creature, I'd add that on. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, some things are out of my control, the range of the electric, but I'm, I'm learning more and more about the efficiency that I can mm -hmm. uh, work with the vehicle. So, I mean, of course, if you're using different EVs, you can learn the different systems that they have, but yeah, studying up before I get in. So I know like, oh, well, if I have to stretch it, like I'll make sure to go into like this height or this, I mean, conserve mode is obvious, but other things like that so that I can be the most efficient driver which is good. I think that's a good thing to learn, but that's a skill set that drivers don't necessarily need to have, hopefully, to just have a successful road trip. Yep. So, exactly. Yeah. I think I'm just learning more and more what it's like to road trip so that I can then have more and more like uh, conversations with people, especially as the holidays come along and we're around family and everyone's talking about EVs and renewable energy and all that stuff that you can have like facts Riveting. and figures to point to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So yeah, we'll talk about your pot, your uh, road trip soon, but EV road tripping, it's possible. It can be fun. Yeah. It's cool easy. to learn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm all here for it. Well, thanks for tuning into the Out of Spec podcast to hear about my R1T road trip from Chattanooga, Tennessee to Cleveland, Ohio. We'll have some Charin content too about people that we've spoken to. So tune in on the podcast and hopefully we'll talk about your road trip too, as you've been traveling around the country in a bit of a lasso shape. Always love it. Always love it. Yep. So we'll see you next time on the Out of Spec Podcast. Hope you have a great day. Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.